0: Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Um, Today's sermon is not a sermon series. It's also not a desire to tell you who we want to be. Um, this is not who we want to be. This is just simply who we are. Uh, this is the as best as we can explain it, as simple as we can break it down for you. This is who we are. Now, three and a half years ago, this was who we wanted to be. Three and a half years ago, I stood up in front of, I don't know, we had 40 people or so in our pre-launch meeting. And I preached on the text that I'm going to preach to you today and and at that time it was just it was in our head it was in my head it was this thing it was this idea that that there could be a church and and there are several good churches around here but that we could also plant a church that was primarily um translating the heart of the father the heart of god for the people that we ministered to that we could show the value of the people that we minister to, that we could not, not not elevate people above God, but that we could understand the heart of God for people and we could live that out. That, and I didn't say people are worth it, but that's essentially what I was saying. It was in my mind. And so this passage that I'm going to preach on today is in my mind, but, but ultimately it, it has become, and I, and I think it's really good when, when, when you can say what you want to be and then three and a half later you can say what you are and it's and it's the same text, <laughs> and it's the same. Pa- you didn't have, you didn't have to change passages, you didn't have to swap up your your vision. To you know, you didn't have to adjust the goals or move the target so that the arrow fit on it. Like I, I think it's encouraging. This is true even in your own life. Uh, you say what you want to be, and then and then go be it, and then go do it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so this to me is is, is kind of cool to circle back around three and a half years after we've started. Um, that this is in fact who we are. That 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 we believe that people are worth it. People people are worth. Well, people are a lot of things, right? <laughs> people, are, people are unreliable. People are stressful. People um, are painful at times. People are disappointing at times. But in the at the end of the day, what we choose to focus on is the fact that people are worth it. Could you could you just say that with me? Say, people are. Yeah. Okay. One one more time. That sounded pretty awful. So. Um, Apparently, some of you that are new, you weren't here two years ago. People are worth it. Nice, nice. Each word is, is important, by the way. And I don't know, someday maybe we'll do a sermon series on each word. But each worth it. Worth what? <laughs> it, yeah. What is it? Whatever God is calling you to do in the moment for people. People are worth it. They're worth the investment, they're worth the money, they're worth the time, they're worth, they're worth the love, they're worth the risk, they're worth the blood of God. At least that's what he thought anyway. People are worth it. And so that's what I'm going to teach on today. And the text we're looking at is 2 Kings um, chapter 4. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it's up here on our screen. I'm going to read through the passage real quickly, and then I'm going to go back and sort of dissect it. Um, uh, 2 Kings 4 says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Elisha is a major prophet in the Old Testament. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. In other words, um, in this society, if, 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 if the man of the household was in debt when he died, that debt was not canceled. Um, the debt was passed on to his children. And while I don't know that that's necessarily the case physically today, I'll tell you that's definitely the case spiritually today. Um, there, are, there, are, there are some fathers that haven't dealt with stuff in their own life and it gets passed down to their kids. their kids have to fight the battles that the fathers wouldn't fight and it's not just fathers it's mothers too but the good news is is that fathers and mothers can fight battles in their own life to to make a better life for their kids and 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 this is what's happening he 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 owed money when he died apparently he died unexpectedly and the creditor is coming to take his two children to be slaves they're going to work as slaves um, until they've paid off the debt we don't know how long that is Verse 2 says uh, that Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house uh, except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons. It's funny, she didn't tell him she had sons. She told him she had children. So it's good when you're, when you're pastoring people to actually know them. Elisha knew this family. And uh, uh, he says, go in with your sons, pour into these vessels, and when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him, shut the door behind herself and her sons. As she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her, son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God and said, and he said to her, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. And so there's a few points that I wanna talk to you about today. Um, Three key words about who we are. Um, This is not who we want to be. This is not who we're going to be. This is who we are and who we are going to continue to be. Uh, You always have a couple of battles when you're starting a church or starting an organization or starting a business. It is first defining who you want to be, and then getting there, and then staying there. So we're in the staying there mode. Um, So it's important, I think, occasionally with all the new people coming in to just express who we are so you can know if you want to stay with us because this is how we're going to stay. This is who we've been, and this is who we're going to continue to be. And so it's always good to just establish that, put that out there, um, and and to see if you line up with it. And if you don't, seriously, there are other great churches in South Austin that we can recommend you to um, based on your preference and based on what you do line up with, and we'd be happy to do that, actually. Uh, we just want you to connect with the church that, that, that speaks to you, that speaks to what God is calling you to be a part of. And so for us, though, there are three um, primary pieces of our culture that you have to understand. Number one, we are a welcoming culture. We are a welcoming culture. I think I have a slide for that. A welcoming culture. We, this, is, this is so important to us. This is so valuable to us. And you might have noticed this from the moment you first walked in. Many people that come uh, tell me, that's the first thing that they tell me, that, that as soon as they walked on, they felt so welcomed and so loved. And, 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 and that's not by accident. That's not that's not like, oh really? Wow, who 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 talked to you? No, I know exactly who talked to them. I know who is welcoming them, because I know the people of City Chapel. This is who we are because this is what we value. We value a welcoming culture And this is actually seen in that passage If you go back, if you go back in 2 Kings uh, the, the, the wife calls on Elisha Elisha uh, my, your, your servant my, my husband is dead You know that your servant feared the Lord But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves And Elisha said to her What have you in the house What do you have in the house And she said nothing Except a jar of oil And he said go outside <laughs> He said go outside And 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 this is this has been this and and I think it's probably because we're a new church plant because we started with with 15 people around a bonfire in our five acres out in San Marcos and we're sitting around telling people about this vision of this church that's in our head that's in our heart that we can see here but we can't see here and we're trying to explain it to people and we got 15 people around a bonfire and they all believe in Jesus and they all love Jesus and we're talking about being a culture that is welcoming that brings people in from the outside you have to go outside because we don't have a big building. We don't have, I mean, we literally were meeting outside. I mean, that's like, that's how outside we were. Like you, you you, you, have to. And and I think one of the things that's awesome about City Chapel is we have kept the outside mentality, which is why it's so hot in here because we wanted to feel like outside today. I just thought of that off the cuff because it's, it's important. It's important that we never get stuck in the walls of a church. It's important that we are not here to get saved people more saved. We're not here to collect saved people from other churches. Our job is to go outside the house of God, outside the walls of the safety of those who are secure and set in their faith and go into heaven. That's lovely. We love you. We pray for you. We want you to be a part, but only in as much as you are ready to go outside. If you're ready to sit on the couch, this is not the church for you. If you're ready to hang out in the living room and be served, this is just not going to work for you. Because we're always going to call you to go outside. We're always going to push you out the door. It's like, why are they pushing me out Because that's Because outside is where the people are who need what is inside. Like, it's lovely to get people who are inside and they're Christians and they already believe in God. And that's great, but we are called to go outside. And this is true not just as a church. This is true in your personal life. If you don't have what you need in your house, you might want to go outside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you might want to. And, 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 and actually, I, I have found that many people visit City Chapel. It's their attempt of going outside of where, what they've always done. They've been walking around their house, walking around the boundaries of their house, trying to scrounge. She, she knew what was in her house, nothing except a jar of oil nothing except a jar why because she'd been pacing digging under everything digging under the couch and then selling the couch digging under the chairs and then selling the chairs getting rid of the tv getting rid nothing is in the house except a jar of oil because she has burned through she she has had to sell and pawn off everything she had and she still doesn't have what she needs and so sometimes you have to open the door to new possibilities to new ways of thinking to, to do you, you You can't just, Papa John's ain't delivering today. Like you can't just sit there and wait for your rescue to come to you. If you really want change, if you really want to get free, you're going to have to step out of your house where you've always lived, where you've always been comfortable, where you've, where you know all the boundaries, you know, all the rules. You're going to have to open the door and step into something new every once in a while. And that's true. Personally, it's also true as a church. We are always going to be evolving and changing the way that we do things. We're the way that we look. I, I changed our logo this week. You know what I'm saying? Like three years in, let's mix it up a little bit because it, because you got to step in when when you're when you if you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. You got the, the distance between who you are and who you want to be is spanned by the discipline that it'll take to get there, and you might just have to step outside you might just have to walk outside the door and that's what we have always done we have always stepped outside we have always walked beyond beyond the boundaries uh, of of the religious circles we've never advertised on christian radio we've never because i i don't want to advertise on christian radio because the only people listening to christian radio are christians what the heck is the church doing on a Christian radio that, Like they don't need what we got they already got what we are giving and, and this is what the prophet says. He says he says I want you to go outside and borrow vessels from all your neighbors specifically empty ones this is the kind of people we're looking for we're not looking for people that are full of oil we're looking for the empty people See, this is, this is so interesting. She's, she needs something of value to be able to save her sons. And the prophet says, I want you to go around all of your neighbors and ask for their trash, for their empty milk jugs. You know what I'm saying? It, it, but she's like, yeah, but I need something of value. See, I need something that's worth something. And he says, no, no, no. You need, you, you need to fill your house not with something of value, but with something of potential. That's, that's the difference. That's the difference. We don't, we don't, we don't see people for what they bring to City Chapel. We see people for what they could carry from City Chapel. So it's, 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 it's the potential. It's the potential that you have to be able to see. You have to be able to see the the, the potential. P- people are worth it only in as much as you see the potential of people. Otherwise, you will measure people up by what they bring to your life or bring to your family or bring to your bottom line. And if that's all that they are worth to you, that worth will go up and down based on what they bring to you. But the prophet said, I want you to go get a whole bunch of vessels that nobody else sees any value in, a whole bunch of vessels that everybody else will gladly get out of their house because they're tired of them taking up space. I want you to bring in... He says, you got nothing in your house? You need more nothing. You need more emptiness. You need more desperation. You need more empty jars. And this is what we've done as a church. And this is what we said three and a half years ago. I preached in this passage, and I said, these are the people we're looking for. We're not looking for people who have money. If they have money, that's, that's fine, but... But we're not, we're, not, we're, we're, we're not looking for people who are going to bring something to us. We're looking for people who can carry something from us. What can they carry? What can they be filled with? Well, it depends on how empty they are. Because it's tricky, man, you get a bunch of people who are already full of themselves or full of their old ways or full of the way the ter- church they grew up in. This is how we did it. And they're already full of it. <laughs> people, people are worth it, but not if they're full of it. People who are full of it aren't worth as much as people who are empty of it because people who are full, like they're not, they're not that receptive to, to, to what you're giving. They cannot be filled because they're already full of their own, their own stuff. And so, and so some people have come to us, and they've literally had to go through a season of emptying. They've had to go through a season of releasing, of, of letting go of the way that they always thought church should be done. And that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, if, if, if you can receive what we're pouring out, then, then, hey, take it. Just take it and go wherever you, God calls you to go with it. But ultimately, it, it, you, we see people... We, we, we're, we're thrilled about seeing people who are empty. That's why, that's why on Sunday morning, that's why, you know, if, if you've been here in church for, the, for a while, I, I, I might high five you or shake your hand, but I go find the homeless guy. And I spend more time with the homeless guy on Sunday morning because he's more empty than some of you all, he's got more to receive the guy with alcohol in his breath has more to receive he's 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 worth it and that's not that i don't care about you all but this but, but this is the key in order to be a welcoming culture you got to get over yourself you know what i mean in order to reach out to somebody else, you have to get over yourself. And so, and so, and so, please don't mistake. When I say people are worth it, I don't mean that I'm going to pay your rent this month, okay? That's not going to happen. That's not how we roll. You, you, like, too many people have sacrificed to create a sacrificial culture for one person to come in and make it a selfish culture about them. So that's not going to happen. We're going to defend this culture. If you want to come along with us and value other people, if you want to bless other people, then please come along with us. But if you want, make it about yourself, um, we'll recommend you to a lovely other church um, that, no, just kidding, I don't really dislike any churches that much to, to do that. I'll just bless you and send you on your way, because, because honestly, if you're going to make a difference in the world, you have to get over yourself. You have to stop thinking about your own, what you deserve, and start thinking about what other people could receive from you. And I know I can preach about this, and I can talk about this all day, but um, I thought it might be better to show you uh, what i'm talking about so i have a slide uh, just 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 to give a visual uh for what i'm talking about go, go ahead and throw that slide up so so this is this is alicia perez and when i say welcoming culture loving culture people are worth it culture i'm i'm talking about somebody with flesh and skin and hair and it's alicia right here this is who i'm talking about you might have met her a time or two. You might know her. She might have messaged you on Facebook, checking on your kids uh, uh, who are in boot camp. She might, she, she might have called you and said that she's praying for you. And she might have remembered your name the second time you came to church. And that's because people are Yeah. And so I'm thankful for Alicia. This is who we are. This is not who we want to be. Alicia doesn't go to another church. We're not going to try to recruit her and bring her over here. She's already here. And there are actually several others. JT is is a major one, but since he's on staff, I mean, you can't you can't like because obviously he's all of the he's all three of them. Uh, but uh, Poppy, Sherry. Sherry's and I mean, if I just started, you know, walking through uh, the Torres, I mean, you know, I could, man, I I could just start naming so many. And that's how you know that it's who you are, and it's not just some random person who's a part of your church. It's this is a culture that we have set. We we love people. We value people. We welcome people. We don't care what you smell like, look like, how many tattoos you have, or who you slept with last night. We love you, or what gender you claim to be. We love you. You are worth it. You, just, just just, you, the you that Christ died for, the you that Christ shed his blood for, that's the people that we are after. And I don't care how empty you are or who has kicked you out of their house or who doesn't value you. That's, that's not my concern. My concern is I'm looking for people who can be filled, who can carry, who have potential. And we, we grab them, we bring them in. The second thing about our church is that we are a serving culture. We are a serving culture culture and this is this is uh, displayed I think in this in this scripture because because Elisha said man once you get all these empty vessels in there go ahead and shut the door behind yourself and, and your sons and and pour into all these vessels. <laughs> but see Elisha we only have a little bit of oil and we have a lot of emptiness. So I you know, that's not gonna work. We're not gonna be able to pour into all these you know, I'm not a mathematician or an economist, but I just know you got six ounces of oil, you don't have enough for multiple gallons of vessels and, 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 and yet and yet she doesn't she doesn't argue with 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 the command instead this is what she does she she goes ahead when one is full set it aside so she goes ahead and does it she starts pouring she poured and they brought the vessels to her she poured and they brought the vessels to her and when the vessels were full she said to her son bring me another vessel and he said there is not another then the oil stopped flowing and so and so the miracle of this passage did not take place when she went out and collected the jars it it took place as she poured out what she had. The miracle was in the pouring. The mir- the miraculous power of God was seen in the pouring. Now, in order to do that, she had to ignore what she thought she had. See, if you only give what you think you have, if you only serve as much as you think you can, if you only do what you think that you have in reservoir, in, in storage, then you never tap into the reservoir of heaven. You never tap into the miraculous power of heaven. And we have found that as we pour, yeah, what we think, but then as as we keep pouring into people as we keep pouring into our community as we keep pouring that God keeps supplying and my God shall supply all of my needs according not to what I have but according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus and so we pour ourselves out we wear ourselves out or as I tell Roe I'll get to sleep when I get to heaven I'll get to rest when I get to heaven but until then people are worth it and if heaven and hell is a reality we must pour ourselves out out for our community If heaven and hell are real Legitimate eternal places of blessing or suffering Then 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 people are far too valuable For us to, 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 to hold what we have to ourselves We must pour ourselves out And so we pour ourselves out by feeding kids every week We have a whole team that gathers every Tuesday night. You all bring food throughout uh, on Sundays. Uh, We have people who write checks for food. We have people who mail in checks who are watching online, mail in checks for food. We We have people who go to Sam's Club with us. Uh, with Carol and Nick and, and, they, and, they, and, they'll, and, and they'll just fill up Shopping baskets full of food For the kids We're feeding 33 kids From Williams Elementary And Beticek, uh Middle School Just through the summer That's every day uh, Breakfast and lunches And we're feeding around 106 kids every weekend During the school year And and it's not because we said, oh, we're we're going to set out to feed people. That was never a part of our mission statement. Our mission statement was to pour ourselves out. And we came to Williams Elementary and we found out that 82% of the kids who go to this school rely on the school for lunches and breakfasts. And we just said, well, what do they do when they're not at school? And the principal said, I don't know. And we said, well, hey, we'll feed them. Put, send the letter home. Uh, it doesn't matter if all 420-some kids respond to it. We will find a way to take care of them because we can't stand the thought of these empty vessels. I mean, yeah, there's more empty vessels than we can afford to fill. But as we have poured ourselves out, God has poured in resources to us We've never, we've never missed a payment. In fact, we have savings. We have savings in the bank. We've never, we've never struggled financially. And 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 you say, well, how can you? Our first year, we gave fourteen thousand dollars to missions, not to us, but to missionaries in, in, in IJM International Justice Mission and and Street Ministries and and uh, 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 the 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 rescue here in Austin, helping helping um traffic uh, sex traffic victims, uh, building a, a facility for forty for forty kids that have been rescued from that. I mean, you know, we, 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 we haven't had it to give, but as we've gave it, God has supplied it to give. And then even more than that, this is where the miraculous happens. This is where the miraculous happens in your life. If you're not pouring yourself out, if you're not serving, you're, you're, you're living with this little bit of oil. And I sure hope that's enough for you. But as for me, it's not enough for my kids. It's not enough for my sons to be free. This lady is saying, what I have in the house is not enough. And so Elisha says, okay, well, how about you pour out what you have? How about you use what you have as a seed for what you need? How about you dump it out and waste it and pour it out? Well, I don't have enough to fill up all of this. No, you don't. But as you pour, God supplies. As we give, God provides. As as we reach out, as we, and and, and this, by the way, um, in in uh, business terms, is uh, is uh, what Jim Collins would call a hedgehog concept. Uh, if you've ever if you've ever been into business stuff, I'm I'm, I'm big into business concepts. Uh, Roe and I read a book when we were getting ready to start City Chapel called "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. A great business book about how to take your business from mediocre from good to great. And then I did a sermon series on it, but I didn't call it that. I called it "Awkward to Awesome," and uh, just applied it to our our Christian lives. But I I kind of I tend to learn so much from the business world. And and uh, 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 Jim Collins talks about a hedgehog concept. A hedgehog concept is that thing that a business can do better than anybody else it's the thing that the business has identified or or you as a business owner have figured out i can do this better than anybody else i i can be the best in the world at this now maybe i'm not right now but if i work at it i'm naturally gifted i'm talented i'm good at this i can i can i can kill it in this and uh you know apple steve jobs had to figure that out he had to figure out what he could be the best in the world and when he figured that out he quit his other job and just got into his garage and started doing it. Uh, But the key is to figure out what it is that you could be better than your competition at. And I'm telling you, City Chapel could be the best in South Austin. I don't know about the world. I don't want to shoot that high, but I think we could be the best in South Austin at serving. We adopted three-mile stretch of highway. We could pick up trash and litter like nobody's business. We we can feed kids like nobody's business. We can, we can. We we started a moving ministry where where we hand out our cards to realtors and said, hey, whenever people are moving to the area, hand them this card. And there's a church that will show up at their driveway. And I think one guy took us up on it. But hey, there's a church that will show up in your driveway, help you move because you know who your real friends are when you're moving. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like <laughs> I feel like the church ought to be there, ought to be present, ought to be represented, helping people move. And so and so I can honestly say that in our Field and, and, and with regard to our competition, you might you might outdo us in a lot of things, but you're not going to outserve us. You're going to you're not going to outwash feet. You know, we're we're going to get the basin and the towel like nobody's business. And when I say competition, I'm not talking about other churches. We are not in competition with other churches. I'm talking about 6th Street. We're in competition with this culture, with the, the kingdom of darkness. And they might be able to do better beer than us. They could probably do better music than us at some of the joints, but they will never outserve us. When you're down and out, they're not going to be there to help you like the church is there to help you. We are going to serve like nobody's business. We're going to visit you in the hospital like nobody's business. We're going to take care of your kids like nobody's business business we're going to feed you lakeway shopping they may be able to have us beat on shopping but they do not have us beat on serving if they if you're in need of something do not go ask them come knock on our door because that's what we do better than anybody else in this area and so i mean you know like that's our comp our our competition is, is 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 the allure of the world it's the things that the world has to offer it's this culture we are in coalition with other churches, but our, But I, I, I feel pretty good that we're serving pretty well. And so once again, once again, I'd like to give you an actual picture of what I'm talking about. I'm kind of sharing about some of these things, but, but here's a picture of some people uh, that among the many, many, many servants at City Chapel, <laughs> Nick and Carol... Nick and Carol are gonna serve like nobody's business and um this this became apparent when they first came to the church actually uh they first they her her second Sunday his first Sunday was what, it was when we were at the theater and we announced that we were leaving the theater which is the only reason why they stuck with us, because she hated the theater. And um, <laughs> we announced we were leaving the theater because they were they were doing re, uh, uh, re, re, remodeling at the theater, and it was going to be a smaller venue, and so we said we're moving to Williams Elementary. And, like, that next week, we had a huge shipment of, of, of chairs coming in. We had, like, 200 of the chairs that you all are sitting on um, uh, coming in. Because because when I walked through this this place... Um, with the faculty you know they said oh well you could meet here and, and your people your worship could be up there and people could sit down here and I said well yeah where are the chairs and she said oh we don't have any adult chairs I said what they got adult chairs at sixth street let me just tell you our competition has adult chairs you know like for adults to sit on uh like what do you mean you don't have chairs and they said well no your people can sit because they have those fold-up tables and they kind of spread out and they have little plastic circles i said look i'm 125 pounds i'm not sitting on a plastic circle I'm not gonna ask anybody else to sit on a plastic circle. We're getting some chairs. So I said, what do you think if we if we buy like a whole bunch of chairs, leave them here at the school, you guys use them throughout the week for all of your, cause like they have like, you know, plays and Christmas plays and, and violin recitals. And I don't know, like they have stuff that adults come to, parents come to. And I said, how about you just use them for your stuff and then, you know, We'll we'll use them for our stuff. You use them for yours, and we'll use them for our. And And they were just thrilled about that. And so the day that we had 200 chairs delivered to the school here, um, uh, <laughs> Nick and Carol show up. And I, I kind of put it out there. If anyone wants to help us set up chairs, unbox them, and, and set them up, you know, that would be awesome. And so it was like, me, my wife, my kids, there was a couple of other people the Joneses showed up that's why they're on staff now um the Joneses showed up and Nick and Carol Nick and Carol just visited the church and it's not that they're old but they're just not quite in the college and career ministry anymore you know I I wasn't I wasn't expecting you know and I was like what are you guys gonna do and and uh they're like we got water for you and we'll pick up the cardboard and throw it in the dumpster and and they were serving and we came in i'll never forget we brought chairs in teachers are gathering around us they're like crying because now they have like adult chairs you know and it's amazing the way that you can bless a community with something that i think is pretty routine You know like you gotta have chairs but for them they never had chairs uh their 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 projector screen was like all wonky and their projector didn't work very well so we donated a projector and a screen and said you guys just keep it we'll hang it here we'll use it and then we'll give it on to you but this is this this is who we are we show up early and we stay late because people are we 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 sacrifice our preferences we serve, we pour ourselves out for other people because we believe that people are worth it. And finally, we are, uh, first of all, a welcoming culture. Secondly, a serving culture. And finally, we are a revival culture. It's something that you need to know about us. Um, if you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. There are other churches that might be more suitable for you. We're, this is just who we are it's it, I, when 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 god was calling me to start the city chapel it started in my office as i was reading excerpts from evan roberts so you don't you don't start with evan roberts and end up anywhere except <laughs> except a hunger for revival if you've never heard of evan roberts just you know google him and uh he was alive over a hundred years ago uh And in fact, our mission statement, the mission statement that we wrote was taken from something he said And our mission statement is that we exist to reflect the wonder and beauty of Jesus and to join him in the renewal of our city. And that's that's a direct quote from Evan Roberts, that 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 what God wanted us to do was to reflect the wonder and beauty of Jesus's love. And so and so that's that's. Embedded in our culture. We desire the presence of God. We are hungry for the presence of God. We are not satisfied with simply doing good things and reaching out to lost people if we don't have something to bring them to. Like if we don't actually, if if, if all we have is a room full of emptiness and and a whole bunch of, of effort, if all we do is clean streets and feed kids, we've missed it. It's not that those things are not important, but those things are all a a, a pre-introduction to what God ultimately wants for your life. He wants his presence to fill your life. And this is what is written here in this story. When the vessels were full, what are they full of? They're full of oil. And that's one thing that I love about this lady's house. Even though she didn't have anything else, she at least had oil and oil in scripture is always symbolic of the presence of God the spirit of God and so honestly if we don't have anything else we got to have oil if we don't have if we don't if we don't have musicians and speakers and sound systems and TVs and chairs i'd rather have oil and no chairs than chairs and no oil <laughs> because because once again our competition can provide chairs probably better chairs that we can provide our competition can provide lighting probably better lighting than we can afford right now our competition can provide entertainment a lot better entertainment than we can supply our, our but but the one thing that they cannot do is house the presence of God you don't feel it when you walk in you don't, it doesn't change the way that you think. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't get down into your soul and into your spirit. It doesn't, it it, it, it gives you a buzz for a time, but it, but it doesn't stick with you and change your life. You don't have, you don't have, an, without a spiritual experience, let's just put it that way, a little bit clinical. Without a spiritual experience, your, your life is all physical. You have to become, you have to go to the metaphysical every now and then. You have to, it, you got to go deeper than just the surface level. Level of your issues, because you'll never solve the issues at that level. And so, what the presence of God does is it draws you deeper, it gives you deeper understanding, deeper revelation, deeper wisdom in order for you to change in a way that you've never been able to change before. And so, when I'm talking about revival, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about a set of meetings, right? Somebody that grew up in a traditional sense, you would say, We're going we're gonna to have a revival this week. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you don't schedule a revival, you don't, you don't plan it, you don't put it in the pamphlet. Like, that's not really revival. That's, that's marketing. That's, what that's marketing. Uh, and and, and also, also, I'm not just talking about emotional moves, I'm not just talking about goosebumps. There's often goosebumps There's often, there's often a, a sense of well-being A sense of happiness A sense of joy that floods over you When you feel the presence of God But, but that feeling shouldn't be mistaken For the presence of God Because to, because to be honest you know, this, this lady has, has this oil That she becomes She has a house full of emptiness And then she has a house full of oil And then the prophet says to her Okay, now that you have all this oil You need to go sell the oil But but Elisha, this is holy oil. Okay, no, 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 go sell the oil. Go sell the oil. No, hold on, hold on. We can't sell the oil, Elisha. We got... We got to we got to we got to keep the oil. We have spent so much. We've seen the miraculous power of God to bring the oil into the house. We got to keep the oil in the house. We got to maintain the oil. We got to give the oil a six-figure salary to make sure the oil doesn't go to another church or to another stage. We got to put it in a glass a glass case. We got to record the oil. We got to sell the oil. And we we because because the oil is so important to who we are, we have more oil than the other house down the street in fact. I think we got more oil than them. Don't don't you think we have more oil? We're so proud of our oil. We're so excited about our oil. My god, I can't wait to go to church to feel the oil because wow, we have so much oil at our church. How much oil do you have at your church? Oh, you're one of those denominations that don't have any oil, aren't you? Well, we have all kinds of oil, and you get so proud. Maybe it's just I grew up in the church, but you get so proud of your oil. You get so you 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 get so nostalgic about the pouring that happened in that that one time when it was like, Wow, oh, and it was woo, and it was woo, and now we have like woo, and it's like woo, and it's woo, and, it's, woo, and you got all this oil, and you get so proud of your oil that you forget why the oil was given to you. The oil was never about the oil. It was never about the oil. It was never about that. Even the oil wasn't given so that she could have oil. Remember the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story started with a woman who was asking not for oil. She was asking for money. She wanted to save her sons and here's the truth you can have a lot of oil and still have sons in bondage you can have a house full of oil and never get free if you don't use the oil for what the oil was intended to be used for it was never meant to stay in the house it was never meant to be given a salary and a, and a huge, and a, and a huge benefits and bonuses, so that it doesn't go anywhere else. It was, it was never meant to exalt the house. We, we, we misuse the presence of God when we think it's about our house. And while we, while we misuse it, it's not that it's not that God's offended at that. He's, he's saddened by the fact that our kids are still in bondage that our kids are toted off to bondage while we celebrate a house full of oil. And we take pictures of it and we, and we post it and we, and we make sure that everybody knows about our oil and yet it's not about the oil. True revival is not just a pouring out of the oil of heaven. True revival is the freedom that is acquired through the oil for the sons and daughters of God. True revival is life change. True revival is Monday through Saturday. True revival is I'm living differently today than I was yesterday. True revival sets people free. It brings freedom into their life. It brings liberty into their mind. It brings freedom from addictions, from anger, from issues that they couldn't get free from anywhere else. And that's where we got our competition beat. Because while our competition can offer you solace in the middle of your addiction, we can actually offer you freedom from your addiction. We have something that can pay the creditor. We have something that can pay the debt that you cannot pay by yourself. And in fact, God laid out, can I just go extra spiritual for just a minute? If you go forward in your Bible just a little bit into the New Testament, you see the anointed, the holy and anointed one, Jesus Christ, the anointing of heaven, the oil of heaven did not stay in the house of heaven. The oil of heaven was exiting the house of heaven so that, so that he could be sold for 30 shekels of silver and be crucified on a cross. And the proceeds that flowed from the oil of heaven was meant for our freedom, not Not for our goosebumps, not for our tingling, not for us to fall out and roll all over the place and feel good, but for us to be life changed for our lives, for our families, for our children to be free, for sons and daughters of God to come home because he thought people were worth it. And that's, that's, that's the tension that we live in. We love the oil, but we also are willing to part with some of the oil in order to purchase freedom. Because at the end of the day, this whole thing started because there was a debt that we couldn't pay. The whole deal started because we were in a position that we couldn't get ourselves out of. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son because he thought people were worth it. And it's got to be about that. It will never become about the stage. It will never become about the anointing. It will never become about the oil. We will will seek the oil. We will pour out and cry out to God for oil, but only only because we know what oil does. Not because we love how oil smells. Not because we love how it makes us feel, but because we know what it does. We know what the presence of God does. We know what... The stirring of the water does. I preached on that a while back. The stirring. The angel would come in and stir the water. Nobody. It wasn't about the stirring. If there's stirring and no healing, it's pointless. If there's stirring and nobody's walking away, changed, it's it's worthless. And if there's oil and you still live in bondage, you've missed it. And so for us, we desire to live in in freedom. We desire to live in freedom true freedom and there are some pictures of that just to follow up to finish my, my sermon some pictures of that are some some of our freedom team like Poppy and Romeo and Jackie and Tina and Mario seeing freedom in their life not not the freedom that they teach but the freedom that we see in their life and the worship that we see Jonathan's also could be on that list for passion passionate about God not just on Sundays but Throughout the week, Jason was another one I was thinking. I don't know. There's, there's a number of, but this is just who we are. It's not, it's not unique. It's not like, well, there's that one guy. <laughs> no, there's like a lot. So try to name everybody. It just gets way too much. But I, I know you know these people. So be like them. Allow the word of God to change you like they have. And it's not easy. And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while to get all this oil out of the house and sell it. and It, take, it takes some time. It takes some discipline. It takes some effort. It's, it's tricky. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have done it a long time ago if it was so easy. But, but, man, it's hard, but it's worth it. Your freedom is worth it. What you leave to your kids is worth it. What you establish on the earth is worth it. What you're, what you're teaching your family around you, because they're watching too. Because they know you better than anybody. And God will will God will use the sale of your oil to set others free. He said, you'll have enough. You'll have enough and your kids will have enough to live on the rest. You'll sell it and then you'll live. Wouldn't you rather live? I mean, wouldn't you rather experience life? Wouldn't you rather... man that's so close to who we are. if this speaks to you, then you fit if it doesn't then you don't we'll direct you somewhere else. but if it speaks to you, then you fit here you you belong here it's part of this this is your tribe, and if the Lord is speaking to you that 's because his presence is. Is here. That's because, that's because he, he comes where he's welcomed and he's com- he comes where he is invited and he comes where he is allowed to do what he wants to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a minute? Father, we thank you for the, the revelation that you've been pouring into us about the value that you place on people, the way that you want to reach people, Lord, I thank you for these people who are here right now. You, you might be here and God's speaking to you about simply surrendering to him. Your life has been mostly about you. And your life has been mostly about what you could get and what you could keep. But God's speaking to you about surrendering to him to, to, to adopt this, this vision. You might say, that's not me, but that's what I would like to be. And I don't know if God's speaking to you on any of those levels, whether a sir a welcoming or serving or or a revival in your own heart, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. God's speaking to me about that. I'm I'm needing to take a step of faith, a step of a movement. That's awesome. That's awesome. Lord, you see those hands and 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 you know, you know where it's coming from. You know the heart that that you've been working in, you know the field that you've been working in, and so. Lord I just pray that you would do for them what you've done for so many, what you did for me. I I didn't naturally think people were worth it. I naturally felt I was worth way more and my convenience was the priority. Lord, but you 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 changed something in my heart. You you moved something inside of me. I I don't know. You shared your heart with me. Lord, would you do that? Would you share your heart would you share your desires, share your passion? Not all the rules of religion, the heart of a father who is wanting freedom for his sons and daughters, the heart of a father who, who knows the way to freedom, who has everything that we need to purchase our freedom and has already done so with his own blood on the cross. He's already poured himself out. The oil has already been poured out. Lord, we receive it. We can't give what we haven't received. So we receive this unreciprocated love. We receive this agape, this priority love. We receive it and we, we allow it to settle into our soul that you thought we were worth it and now we can go share the value of others. We can build homes for widows in Rwanda. We can support uh, Victorious Bones Ministry in Kenya. We 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 can do these things. We can give more than we thought we had because we've received so much more than we thought we deserved. Share your heart with us, Lord. Change us. Make us who you want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. And we have uh, these T-shirts for sale outside um, today, as a way of of reminding the 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 core val- reminding you of the core value of City Chapel, but also um, as 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 a way of uh, advertising, <laughs> for lack of a better, once again, it's a clinical word, but for getting the word out. Um, I think. As I wear this, I've been wearing it this week. and People stop and <laughs> point it out. And, and uh, I think it's a connection point. It's a connection point with, uh, with a value system. It's interesting. Most mission statements are commands. I don't know if you've noticed that. They're, they're in the imperative. Um, you know, like uh, Elevation Church, Stephen Furtick, his is uh, see what God can do through you, which is awesome because it rhymes, do through you. That's you know so fertig. Um but it's a command. See what God and I and I and I and I and I, and I love that because you see it. He it doesn't think it. You see you see it in your life. You, you could preach on that forever, and He has. Um, it's awesome, you know. But 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 ours is not. It's not a command. It's not to do anything. Um, it's just a value that we hold. It's it's a. You could literally put the word because in front of it. You know, why do we keep kids fed? Because people are worth it. Why do our greeters remember the names of people who come in for the second time? Because people are worth it. Why is there a baby being held right now in nursery being prayed over? Uh, Because people are, why are there toddler and um, elementary age kids over there learning about God and hearing about the Holy Spirit? Because people are worth it. Why is there... Martin back there at the slides, helping you read scriptures and worship lyrics because people are worth it. Why do I go into the office every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. to prepare sermons to preach to you? Because people are worth it. I mean, everything, everything. Why are there coffee and donuts back there? Not because I wanted it. I got my Starbucks this morning, I'm good. No, because people are worth it. You know, it's little things, it's big things, it's, it's everything in between. It's the, it's the it, it, why do people get early, come, come early, set up chairs and stuff? Because people are worth it. Why do the musicians practice on Monday nights at, at Travis and Noah's house for a couple of hours and then come here at 7.30 and set up and run through everything again? Because people are worth it. Like everything, it just—it just, it, it, it it ties into everything. And so for us, it's—it's the—it's the because, it's the because for everything. Um, and I think wearing the shirt helps connect with other people who connect with that, who recognize that, who realize that our culture is not always.